Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. And as always, I am joined by my friend Andy Santis. And so thank you so much for joining us this evening, or, or this morning, I should say. It's been a long morning already. Uh, welcome into the program, and thank you so much uh, for being here, everybody. Uh, and uh, as I welcome in my co-host, Anne, uh, welcome this morning, Anne. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I love summer. I said this so many times here during the summer, but the sun is shining in the window, and I'm just great to be here. Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. Yeah, I have my uh, I have my window closed, but it's beautiful here this morning. So uh, welcome in and thanks again for being here and as always and tell us who we have as our guest today because it's going to be a fun show. Definitely a fun show today. It is going to be a fun show. We have with us Michael Augsburger from the uh, greater Philadelphia area and he is the founder of the International Catholic Film Critics Association. ICFCA. So, Michael, good morning. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Anne and Bill. We love our acronyms in the film industry and um, ICFCA, uh, Catholic Film Critics. Uh, very, very grateful to be here. Thanks. Yes, and you're a neighbor, too, of mine almost, because, right, we're both in the Philadelphia area. And uh, we don't always have guests that are that close to where I am. So it, it's great to to be here with you this morning and uh so I love for you to, to talk about, uh, you know, anything that you want to share to start out with, Michael. Uh, I know that you got involved with this uh, in relatively recent years, I think. So tell us more. Absolutely. Um, we started it because there really wasn't any, any Catholic film critics circle. Um, not that... Not that I could find out there. I mean, there there were some organizations that, that deal with with uh, with the media and with filmmaking from a, a Catholic standpoint, but but there wasn't anything resembling a, a film critics circle where the writers get together and they uh, they award everything based on the best films of the year. Um, and there there wasn't something um, that that pulled all the the reviews that Catholics right and uh, whether that's reviews for catholic publications or um, just the collection of reviews written by by people who consider themselves catholic and are proud of that and whose upbringing has influenced their philosophy on how they view film 
So um, I thought that it was a good opportunity to uh, to do that and to bring everybody together. Yeah, that's amazing, Michael. And and I will also add, it was wonderful to meet you recently, where we actually got to talk a little bit in person and uh, you to, to talk about your mission and everything. So. I would like to also invite people who are listening to this podcast to go to catholicfilmcritics.com. He's got a, a very nice website, which explains exactly what he said. And there's all kinds of film reviews that you can take a look at. Uh, so uh, tell us, Michael, if you would, how did you get involved? I mean, you said you, you noticed that there wasn't much of um, a presence there of, of Catholic film critics. So did you come together with someone else when you came up with this idea? Well, the first person I called was um, the first person that I knew was a great Catholic reviewer because I really had to scour the Internet to, to find um, the the writers who are Catholic. Um, John Mulderig is the, the news editor at Catholic News Service or one, one of the, the culture editors there. Uh, he writes the majority of the film reviews. He also has a staff um, of a couple of other writers. And I asked him, what do you think about this? Because um, there are a lot of disparate voices out there. Uh, there are people who are writing for you know, mainstream publications, but there's no way to know that they're Catholic unless you read their stuff um, and you pick up on, on small things. Um, and then there's also the writers who write for the Catholic publications like John. Um, and and then those who have started their own organizations that are um, a little bit smaller in, in in scope than like the overall breadth of the Catholic film critics, but they have their very specific mission. I'm thinking of things like like the Pauline Media Center, um, where a number of of religious uh, write film reviews there under the direction of of uh, Sister Nancy Oselman, who's been on your show. Yeah, that's um, right. So. Um, just pulling all those people together, I thought, you know, can we have one place where people can go and they can compare and contrast all the different voices on, on, on film, but that still come from a Catholic perspective, because, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so many, um, th there's so much, uh, breadth across the spectrum of, of thought. Um, and there's so many different reasons that a writer might write a review, Mulderic for the Catholic News Service is very focused on um, you know, the morality of the films um, and he's got a great eye for art as well and he describes it very well but, but he's also got a directive from Catholic News Service and from USCCB that uh, like the Catholic bishops in the, in the US um, where he, he needs to evaluate the morality of the film as well and that's got to be a major focus for him um, and that's what his audience wants too but we also have people like John Anderson who writes for the Wall Street Journal, right? And so he's not really concerned so much about um, evaluating it from for a Catholic audience, particularly, uh, and the morality of, of a, a, the content of the film, even though that, of course, plays into his review. Um, but he's able to focus more on, on a larger audience. Um, and so to pull all those different voices together and to see what, uh, you know, what one writer would think about one film and another writer would think about the same film, uh, not just because they come from different backgrounds. Um, I think that's really fascinating to me because I've always had a love, not just of film, but of also of, of film reviews and reading them from, from the best. 
Yeah, you shared that with me when we met to Siskel and Ebert. I know we talked a little bit about <laughs> that you were a fan of Ebert, I think. Wasn't it Ebert or was it Siskel? Ebert was always my favorite. That's um, right. That's what I yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah. And that's, okay. that's how I really got into to reading film reviews. Um, I mean, I for me, it started when I was young. I, um, you know, I had a, a very small you know, VCR player. And to me, like, that's the experience. I, I, I wanted to focus entirely on the film. I had my headphones in. I didn't miss a line of dialogue. Uh, and then right afterwards, I would read what he wrote. Um, and, and so that's, that's what inspired me. And, and in an indirect way that it inspired me to, to start this organization because he was Catholic. Mm. And, and whether people know that about him or not, you can see it in his reviews and, and in the way he evaluated, um, especially films about, uh, about the clergy or about the church. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And there's a lot going on in the Catholic world right now with thing videos on social media and people such as Bishop Barron or the organization formed that have wonderful Catholic content. Uh, and that's very uh, catechetical, you know, movies, not always we can, I, I think we can find the beauty of our faith in, in even in secular movies. Sometimes we may have to search a little further because it's not uh, like watching a Bishop Barron uh, presentation. Correct. Um, but but there's so much uh, art, beauty, and God speaks through uh, through art, and and I know maybe we can speak about that because you you have uh, some very good thoughts in, in terms of uh, how God can can speak to all of us through movies. Yeah, I think um, you know the really it's about interpretation, right? So if if you can. If you can take a look at all the the small signs that you see in a film, um, and and build that up into an argument uh, based on your own interpretation of the film, um, the, you know that the art the the artist has his vision that, or, or her vision. The the director certainly has a goal in mind, and you want to keep that in mind. But once the art is out there, right? It's it's a lot of it is up to the the beholder uh, what it means to them. And if you come in to a secular film, say with um, with a certain frame of mind, um, then you can see things. Um, I know that there are a lot of people. I'll, I'll pick one example uh, from from the literature world as well as the film world. Um, there are a lot of of Catholic uh, families out there that may not want their children to see like Harry Potter or something like that. Um, but there are also a lot that admire it and say um, there's a lot of symbolism in this that is um, you know, indicative of uh, a fatherly presence um, that in that world isn't described as, as God. But, um, but in our world, we can interpret it differently. And, and it has a lot of lessons for us. And, and again, that's, to me, that's the beauty of something like Catholic film critics is that we have um, some writers who, who feel a certain way about a film like that and may warn against it. And we have other writers who feel that they are able to um, to see um, another purpose in it, and uh, and for them to be making their arguments uh, against one another or for one another, um, that can be fascinating to me. Yeah, you know, I I, I really like that, Michael. Um, you know, and what you're talking about because you know certainly, yeah. I mean, I think there, I think we can all find different films out there and in, in the universe that are 
you know, not maybe congruent with, you know, the Catholic teaching, but we can find elements in movie, in almost every movie, right, that has... Uh, you know, like you pointed out, Harry Potter. Yeah, we, okay, we, we we don't believe in sorcery. We don't believe in magic. We don't believe in those things in the Catholic Church. But there can be elements of those movies because the reality is is that you know your kid might be invited to a party and there they are watching it in the basement and that's just what happens, you know. And all right, well, your kid's seen it. So how do we interpret that? How do we look at this? What are some of the positive elements from the movie? You know, okay, there's a fatherly presence. There's this. There's that. You know, and, and and there's such an important aspect of that because the reality is is that this stuff surrounds us and we cannot escape from it. You know, no matter how much we try to protect our kids or our families or our or our loved ones from the media and from some of the yes. negative things in the media, you're, you 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 are not going to be able to do it successfully because we are in the fishbowl of it. I mean, right now we're even on the media. You know, we're even doing this, uh, and you know, and okay, we're having a Catholic show and everything, but still. You know how how do we react to it, and and I think your mission is is so interesting in that regard because you are 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 reviewing the films from the Catholic perspective from this perspective of okay how do I approach um, you know the the viewing of these films. And that is so awesome. That that that's just a great mission, a great a great way to approach things. I, I I often think about the intentionality. You know, we we go through life very often without intention, and um, we just kind of watch these movies. We kind of you know, oh, that was a nice movie, and we move on. We don't we don't think about the virtue and the vice that is present in a film. We don't we don't. Think about how it's impacting us because it does impact us, but we often have to think about it. You know, we can say, oh, it was a great movie. Like A Star is Born. That's a great movie. Um, you know, the critics loved it. That was awesome. And then, well, wh- wh- why was it? Why was it great? You know, um, what made it great to you? I think we have to have that discussion. And so it's wonderful to see that you are having that discussion and an intentional discussion um, about how, you know, Catholics can can view these movies and there's probably some bad movies out there too right you mean i mean you're not reviewing every movie with five stars right (laughs) that's right i'm sure some things are uh there's not as some things are yeah it's it's very cathartic to uh to rip into a film sometimes i will say that yeah well at the end of the day i'm thinking uh, with any film there's going to be some kind of either good or evil moral lesson that's so uh, affected by the culture. And, you know, we even see that when it comes to whether a movie has some kind of a pro-life overall message or whether they have a pro-death message. And I think you both understand what I mean when I say that, and maybe some of our uh, listeners as well. Uh, That's also very important. When a movie's uh, bottom line, what is it teaching? Does it have a message of life, of, of goodness, of virtue, as, as you said, Michael? Uh, but if it doesn't, you know, that's where we have to kind of open our eyes and say, you know what, maybe this wasn't such a great movie after all. Maybe the, maybe the acting seemed good. Maybe the effects were great. But you know what? The overall takeaway was evil, right? I mean, so that's where we come in as Catholics and say, you know, did we real did we grow as a human being from this movie, or did it bring out more of a dark side of humanity? It didn't make make us walk away a better person, if that makes sense. 
That's that's a great um, a great point because um, I'll, I'll, I'll take probably the most divisive issue, right? Um, the, the the film that just came out, never, rarely, sometimes, always. I don't know if you heard of it. It's it's about abortion, and uh, and and that's to me. This is probably the 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 greatest calling that that we would have in you know as as a member of the film critic circle is to be able to approach a topic like that and to really critically assess the film um, with our Catholic perspective, because I didn't review that film, but we had a number of critics go after it. And, and what they're able to see in that, what they're able to pull out in terms of the artistry of the film and the, you know, to, to, to give praise where it's worth, where it's worthy of it um, and how it brings to light some of the, uh, the issues that people are facing and why this is such a tough decision, right? Why, why is it so um, pervasive in the culture? Um, and, and then to say, this is why it's wrong, right? This is why, um, th this is what's wrong with the, the situation. And th this is the, the, the moral uh, problems that the, the people who are going through the decision and the people who are supporting the person who's going through the decision of whether whether to to um, to abort the child, um, this is where they fall short. Uh, this, these are the temptations that they've fallen into, and um, and so it's it's great to get that kind of perspective to be able to evaluate the film on its merits, and for it to bring up that sort of conversation, a difficult conversation, right? But one that we can have critically thinking about it, to intentionally think about it. And um, and then to to give our, our final judgment. Um, and of course, you know, the critics here have have have, uh, have said exactly why they they find it you know, repulsive. That's you awesome. said it very well. So much to think about there, because we know that film has such a powerful influence on people. And I would say, in my opinion, especially young people because uh, there's a lot of confusing messages for people who are growing up and, and trying to figure out, you know, what's right and what's not right, what's outright evil. Mm. So uh, when, when there's a place like Catholic film critics that they can go to, and even that parents can recommend, uh, it, it's, it's a place where our, our Catholic faith means something. So I, I just commend you for that. And again, it's catholicfilmcritics.com. And just looking at your website, some of the other areas that you have are news, reviews by critics, reviews by fil uh, films, awards, top 10, mentorship. Love to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. So That's... tell us more about the website and how that all works. Certainly. Um, I like the way it's organized because um, it, it's organized in the way that uh, I think a, a film review lover will, will appreciate. Um, it's very easy to find reviews from the people that you want to read from, right? So we, we respect the opinions of, of a certain um, number of writers uh, that you want to, to see. Um, it, maybe you don't necessarily want to see what everybody thinks about a certain film, but just the ones that you, that you follow. Um, then you're always able to see you know, what John Anderson thinks about this film or what Sister Nancy thinks. Um, it's very simple to see what our Australian con contingent thinks. Um, very well respected writers down under. Um, so it, we have a very international presence and it's easy to see that on the, on the website. Um, and 
I'm proud of the mentorship, honestly, because I've seen, again, this is based on heavily on the, the film critic circles that are, have been successful out there that are well-known. And a lot of them offer mentorships for, uh, for young student writers, college writers, uh, people who are up and coming. And um, if, if any young Catholic writer would like to, to meet, to either to network or to, to be able to, um, to learn the craft from any number of our writers who have volunteered to, uh, to take someone under their wing, and that's one of the ways. And again, that's based on the other critic circles who, who also offer that uh, potential and that I've benefited from um, in, in the Philadelphia area. Um, the Philadelphia critic circle has, has helped me. Uh, so Stephen Silver is one of the writers there. He was my mentor and he continues to, to, uh, to be able to, um, to be open for me to, to bounce ideas off him and to introduce me to people. And uh, so I'm very grateful for that. And I think to, to be able to, to give to a young Catholic writer would be, um, you know, that's, that's just, that's the way to do it. It's, it's, that's the classy way. Yeah. You know, I, I, one of the things I'd love to hear from you too, is I, I, I think we don't often talk about how, how to review a film critically, you know, I mean, I, I, and obviously, you know, for a lot of people out there, I mean, I'm not a professional film critic. I don't, I don't, I mean, I mean, I read what people say every once in a while, you know, film critics, but it's not something that, you know, I, I feel like I am capable of giving a professional opinion on, on a movie. You know what I mean? Like I can give a personal opinion on a movie, but I can't really give a professional one. And so what are the elements like, like how should, you know, we as consumers look at film critics and, you know, what is the process for reviewing a film like can you just give us the overview of what that looks like from from a professional catholic perspective of, of, of how of how you go about it absolutely um there first thing that you look for uh, and it helps to have a background in production right so i i studied film at school uh, i wasn't very good behind the camera i think I, I would have been a good director barking out orders and whatnot but i didn't like actually setting up the camera so but i know enough about the um, the filmmaking process to be able to tell good production values when I see it. And, and, and you can, um, that's definitely one of the, the major points that you want to look for. Uh, but the, the, the number one overall, I would say is what is the director trying to say here? What's the purpose that he or she has in, in making this film? Um, and how well did they execute it? And that's, um, one of the ways the production values comes into play, um, but there's there's a lot more at stake there as well, or there's a lot more in play. Um, you, I like to bring my personal feelings into it. Uh, I don't think every critic likes to do that. Um, I, my philosophy is that it shapes how you initially are, um, are moved by a film. And I don't think that you can take that away from the film experience. And I think readers want to see that because they know intuitively whether they whether they think through it or not that your feelings are going to be different from theirs, are going to be different from anyone else who sees it. Um, but they want to see good essay writing, and a good essay, a good personal essay, is something that brings up personal feelings as long as you can defend them and as long as they're interesting um, and they're they're based on something that that the film 
itself brings out in you. Um, and when I talk about the director's purpose, I always bring up, and again, this may or may not be shared by other critics, but I always bring up how, how worthy was that goal? Um, there's a film that I just reviewed, uh, an ESPN documentary called Long Gone Summer. And I was really looking forward to this because I grew up in that age of uh, the home run race in the late 90s, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, that's since been tainted by the steroids. Um, I was a baseball player. I, I loved that summer. And so I was really looking forward to this. And I felt the director's vision, it, it was very clear. He, he set out to achieve a certain goal, uh, set out to kind of mythology, uh, to, to, to give that summer a mythology uh, that, it's, that it hasn't had because, because of the taint of steroids. And, and I thought that okay, perhaps he achieved that goal, but, but how worthy was it? Was, this, was that really the way to treat that, that episode? Um, to, to talk about steroids for 10 minutes, to sort of give that sort of broad brushstroke. Um, you can't pretend that it didn't happen. Um, and to me, that was the interesting meat of the film and it was missed opportunity. So um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of writers will say, all that matters is the director's goal. Does he achieve it? Um, but I, I like to consider the worthiness of that goal too. Yeah, I, yeah, I would think so too i i tend to agree with you on that i i, I would want to read that i would want to read how and why you know and then how worthy um was the goal of uh, you know of pursuing this topic like you know we do we just pursue things because oh it makes us feel good or are we pursuing things because it's going to make us uh better people um, and, and so, and so, definitely, I think that that would be something that I would want the perspective to read, um, to be able to see. Okay, yeah, the director, um, you know, the director pursued a worthy goal here, um, and he achieved it or he didn't achieve it. But, but um, you know, going after going after you know worthy things, going after things that are going to make us um, better people are are so important. So yeah, I I tend to side with you. But thank you for that because I think, um, I I think your perspective is is really good, and I think. Uh, I, I think the consumers of of media and of film. I mean, I can't tell you how many movies um, I've watched during this uh, pandemic. I think everybody <laughs> is sitting home, uh, you know, binge watching movies. Fortunately, um, as you alluded to, your baseball fan. So baseball is coming back here this week, uh, which which will maybe you know slow down the Netflix binging a little bit. But um, you know the the amount of uh, the amount of um, movies and media that we're consuming, we have to. We, I think we have to think about it intentionally. So, I mean, what a wonderful uh, th thank you for kind of guiding us through that process. That that's that's very neat. Yeah, I agree. And Bill, the word consuming, I think that's good for us to think about because that is exactly what movies, film, TV, media, uh, what it what it is about. Really, uh, it, it is a product that is being sold. Uh, I know that might sound kind of uh, black and white to hear it that way, but it, it is their products, aren't they? And we as consumers, we have a choice. Are we going to just watch that movie and just not really give it more any more thought than that? As Bill said, that, hey, that was a good movie. Hey, that wasn't so great. Or are we going to think about it more critically? And 
as Catholics, I believe that is our duty uh, because we are we do want to search out the good, and we do want to search out was the bottom line message of that movie was it something that is going to make me a better person? Um, you know, I know Michael, you talked to me uh, a a couple months ago, or we communicated about you invited me to be a critic, and I am so. Uh, blessed and grateful because I'm an author with a couple uh, Catholic publications and I accept it. I mean, I, I'm going to get started on doing this. So just talking with you this morning helps me to think about uh, on my own angle, what will be my angle of writing. And I think for me, looking at it as uh, a very critical thing to um, to put a lot of thought into and say, what what good came from this, from this movie in my own heart? And is it going to help to make society any better or not really? <laughs> and I think, Michael, you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Absolutely. You, we're going to be proud to have you along um, and be, because of the experience you have. I mean, you, you know the industry so well, you, um, you're, you're able to, to think critically about things like that. And we have, and, and you bring a very specific um, direction and, and philosophy like that you just mentioned. I mean, you, you'll have, you'll be joining good company uh, in that because a number of our writers really consider uh, that as their, their main goal as, as Catholic writers, um, you know, whether or not a certain film makes you a better person or makes you think about, um, sets your eyes on, on something greater or something higher versus um, setting your eyes on something that's, that's um, you know, that, that's beneath them. And um, and, and why, why spend time on something that's not gonna make you better? I mean, we, we all have to, have to, um, to manage uh, and ration, you know, for lack of a better word, our, our time, uh, our free time, the, the time that we wanna be spending watching films. And, um, and that's why they turn to reviewers like us um, because they want to know, is this going to be worth it? And, um, and to about your point about, um, consumerism, that's, that is, uh, what, one of the better gifts that, that we're able to, to share is that not just responding to something that's meant as in, in very large part for, for only consumption, um, to be able to produce something based on that, to turn that around and not just passively receive it, but also to produce with it the way that the creators, in, in a much smaller way than the creators of the film do, but but to contribute to the discussion surrounding the film. Um, and that in turn, I hope, inspires others who have been satisfied with merely consuming to also contribute to the discussion. And whether it's in response to what I write, um, an argument against what I write, in support of what I write, um, or just get them thinking critically about it. Um, if it inspires somebody to produce in, instead of just consuming, then that's that is one of the you know one of the best goals that I, that I could set. Yeah, yeah, and you know I'll tell you, um, Michael. I think I think that's a really good point um, because where you talk about inspiring somebody to produce, um, you know, I. I, I I think there are so many young people out there that that want to, um, and even older people that want to produce content, you know. And and how do we uh, produce that content, 
right? What are the and, and and so thinking about things critically, okay, what did I enjoy about this? What did I like about this? And okay, now I'm gonna develop this into my own production. I mean, this is what you know our 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 ministry here at Patchwork Heart Ministry and and Fiat Ministry Network. Um, you know, we we do the TV side of things uh, and live TV and live streaming, um, but but it but it's there is still an art to it. Um, you know, I have my background and 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 stuff in TV radio production, and so you know even even on radio, you know. Um, there's an art to this, you know, I, I've done voiceovers for animations. I've done, um, you know, interesting things. There's art to each and every podcast. There's art to each and every TV show or, or movie. And I think, um, your point about, uh, inspiring people to produce good content. Cause I know that when I watch something, I watch it with a slightly different lens like you do. Okay. And I've been to, um, you know, school for TV and I, 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 I can see whether I'm going to tune in just based on, <laughs> based on, uh, you know, the, you know, the production of this, and I'm going to stay tuned to it, you know, just because the camera angles are switching in an odd way or something. It's like, okay, I can't even watch this, you know, but, um, but, but yeah, I think beyond that, it's okay. What story am I telling? How am I telling that story? And, um, and if I'm going to tell that story properly, um, what, it, what is that? What does that look like for, 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 for the consumer. So, so I, so I agree yeah, with the production aspect of things. That's, that is also, you know, inspiring people to produce good content. I hope that each and every one of our programs here does that. And so I'm, I'm glad to see that you are, um, you know, doing, doing the same thing with that. that that's, that's awesome. Thank you. And, and to, to be able to look at how to best do it. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, um, and, and I don't, I, maybe I don't have to say, but the, I think one of the the problems with um, with Christian productions is that they there's not much subtlety, right? They, they hit you over the face with the message, and um, and I think that uh, in in films the way that we do um, we we appreciate the way that that subtlety plays its role um, to be able to craft a message that speaks to a large audience. Um, but contains the themes that that are there that Catholics appreciate, and um, and at least I think that that's the majority of our writers' philosophy. Um, although there are there are a lot of writers who who single out you know Catholic productions, especially in Christian productions. Um, I think that that being able to craft um, that artwork is is difficult and. Um, and when we point out things, hopefully it, it helps those who want to produce to say, oh, this is this is the way um, that it's most appreciated. And this is the way it's going to be able to speak to the, the largest audience and have the most impact. Well, yeah, and I agree with you because uh, we live in a world that's comprised of a lot of different kinds of people, as we know. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, the word Catholic means universal. Uh, it's also our religion, right? You, Bill and I and a lot of our listeners here, not all of them, but uh, uh, probably a good number of them. Uh, and we're, what we're communicating is the way that we live, right? So yes, uh, yes, we hope to communicate more than that and the Eucharistic way of life. But uh, if nothing else, we're communicating good morality that makes a difference for the whole culture of, of people who are comprised of all different backgrounds, right? 
And that's that's very important, especially right now in, in, in what we're living, going through this pandemic and many changes in, in our culture right, right at this exact moment in time, that something that uplifts the spirit, right? We, we all need that. We all need something that's going to uh, help us to wake up in the morning and feel good about life, right? Uh, so, and it's an appreciation for those different cultures and religions, I think too, um, because uh, you know we're all God's children. And, and I think when we look at it this way as Catholic being universal, that's what you're doing. That's exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the best films that I that I've been fortunate enough to review in the last couple of months um, kind of talks about the difference in cultures and how just how disparate the world can be um, and trying to bridge that gap in communication. Um, I'm not sure if you'd seen the farewell about um, a young girl who goes over to, to, to visit her, her grandmother. Um, her grandmother just got cancer, and the family, the Eastern family in uh, China, decides not to uh, tell her that she's got terminal cancer um, because they want her last months of life to be full of joy and not the worry and and the the difference in in culture. I mean, the, there there's a scene in there where one of the the American family members says this would be illegal in America. There's just no, there's no way. They struggle with the morality of that. And the Eastern family says, no, this is our burdened shoulder for her. Uh, Just because you have a a problem, uh, a a sort of guilt built in you from the American system of thinking um, doesn't mean that we should foist that burden on her in the last months of her life and to be able to to see the the subtleties between the different ways of thinking and to appreciate both um that's that's what it's all about i mean and you're right we, we live um surrounded by by people who think differently from us as catholics and and we have to engage in that, that culture um and there's there's great lessons to be learned um by by looking at a film like that that doesn't bring up religion really at all um certainly not catholicism um and and to be able to see how they have to communicate with each other how they struggle with the morality um and ultimately the decisions that they make that sounds like a good one you said it's called the farewell the farewell yeah that was in my my top 10 last year it was it's a great film and uh, i will say i i watched it on a plane and uh, it was still able to move me even surrounded by a all those people, you know, coughing mm-hmm. around me. Oh boy, no. The way you, the way that you articulated that, it's it's so true because um, I think that's part of the the um, challenge for all of us today, especially as Catholics, people of faith. We're in a culture right now where uh, we are under a microscope for sure. I mean, I think we all agree on that one, mm-hmm. right? We're under a little bit of a microscope. So to have a place like the Catholic Film Critics where we can uh, evaluate films that are not necessarily branded as, hey, this is a Christian film or a Catholic film, but just to say, you know what, this is a film that was produced. Let's take a look at it and see 
is God speaking at all through this film, even though it's not labeled as, as such as Catholic or Christian? Is there some kind of a good moral message for our culture, which is so needed right now, which yeah. is so needed right now? Well, you know, um, I was um, down the beach a couple of weeks ago. I know and I was with you on vacation. Well, you know, a little bit <laughs> on vacation yeah, but right, at the right. same time. <laughs> and um, we, 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 we took our miraculously, we took our vacations at the same time. Um, which doesn't, which rarely happens in the media world. It's kind world. of a miracle, you know, it's right? It's kind of those <laughs> things, you know. It's like, okay, well, I can't do the show. Neither can I. Um, but anyway, um, the I was I was watching one evening with my family. I was watching the um, the movie, uh, The Greatest Showman, and and that movie to me speaks so many so many volumes about the gospel um, and and gospel values of of a guy uh, who who took, you know, this uh, P.T. Barnum, who takes a group of misfits, um, you know, and, and, and people who are odd and weird and, and makes them um, the greatest show on earth. And, and, and so for me, that just sp speaks volumes of the gospel. I remember uh, doing a blog post, actually, where there wasn't a film review. It was more of a blog post on this about, uh, you know, how, how this, works you know how 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 christ of christ today was alive would be doing this he, he'd be going around picking the oddest weirdest people and creating the greatest church on earth um which which he's which he did that's what he did two thousand years ago and so um in in that movie it just spoke volumes to me and so yeah you're right i mean i think there are films out there that are not catholic that are not christian with that label um, on it, and I and, and I don't mean to use it as a bad label. I just mean to use it as okay. This this is not labeled as such, um, but it's okay to still watch it because there might be some values in this that you can point out rather obviously to your friends and to your and to your followers and to your people that says, all right, hey, listen, uh, this. This th th this here is a positive, uplifting message. Um, and are there a few things in there that we should question and that may not be uh, exactly in line with church teaching? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and we can and, and we can address those. But it doesn't mean to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, that that's right. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. And you know, when you think about evangelizing, you know, we all know people who are not open at all, at all, to hearing some kind of catechetical message. As I said at the beginning, a Bishop Barron video or uh, watching some kind of a, a film on Formed or something like that. But, you know, they may be willing to watch a secular movie that has a good message, which could open a conversation, you know, for those who like to evangelize, right? I mean, those kinds of things can open up a dialogue where maybe watching that uh Facebook video from a Catholic evangelist would not open up a conversation. Exactly. I mean, there's, I, I can name, I can rattle off t tons of friends who would never sit down and watch fireproof with me. Right. But they would watch the age of innocence or because, and, and what are they? They're both films about the sanctity of marriage for the most part. Um, one's by, um, you know, Christian group. And the other one is by Martin Scorsese. Right. So obviously they have different messages. They they have, they have different things um, within them, um, but ultimately they come down to that, and that's what you're talking about. I mean, you're 
it's a, a secular film with a, with a great message like that um, that really dives into the the difficulties of 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 faithfulness and devotion and how hard marriage can be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't want to leave leave this program without you're telling us a little bit more about some of the writers. I'm up on the website now, and I see you, John Anderson, and yourself, and. Uh, Helena Burns, FSP, Lisa Hendy of Catholic Mom, Carl Kozlowski. I mean, these are just a few, but maybe you can tell us more. I know you wanted to touch on that topic, Michael. So, <laughs> I didn't want well, 10 minutes left in us not to discuss. Thanks. I, I, uh, I'm surrounded by great people, right? So that's, that's why I think it's, um, there's, a, there's a, a heavy Notre Dame contingent. Um, I'm a, a Notre Dame grad myself. Um, Vince Kuna is not just a Notre Dame grad, but he's also a Holy Cross priest. Um, so, and he's, again, he's heavily involved in production of film. He um, serves as consultant on, on spiritual matters and on production matters to a lot of Hollywood films. Um, and he's, his um, analyses of film are, are not your typical film reviews. He loves to parse adapted screenplays. And and compare the source material to what the uh, the film writer has done with it, and, and he does an outstanding job of of highlighting that craft um, and the artwork that that goes on there. Um, Sophia Martinson, um, recently married, uh, writes for Angelus. Um, she the Angelus is the um, the Los Angeles diocese archdiocese newspaper. Um, she's also a Notre Dame person and, and Lisa Hendy as well. Um, and Lisa, you know, um, and you've, you've written on catholicmom.com. So, um, yes. she is the founder. She's, she writes there, she writes her own reviews. Um, and, and I want to highlight, um, what makes it the international Catholic film critics association, because I mean, I, I do have some some family abroad and, and I'm able to write over there sometimes. So I kind of trump that up a little bit, but um, we, we do have um, four Australian writers who are outstanding and whose, whose accolades are really too long to list. Um, Peter Sheehan, I've had incredible discourses with him about the, uh, about the craft of, of reviewing films. Um, Pauline Kyle is his, his um his his ebert for me uh that's who really inspired him and and peter is a former university president at um australian catholic university so he lives on the gold coast he has a wealth of experience in in academia and in film um and also in that australian contingent we have um colin ryan who is a young up-and-coming all-star um, and who served on, on film juries in, in Berlin and different places. Um, Peter Malone is uh, just over uh, 80 years old. He's been writing for decades. He's got over 15,000 film reviews. Um, he knows his stuff. He knows it inside and out. Um, and he's also served as, uh, as a... As a um, an assistant on, on, on film sets. And Richard Leonard is a Jesuit who's um, the director of that Australian office. 
Uh, and while his writing is a little bit more academic, uh, he's published a number of books. And uh, the best of which I would say is uh, the, his, his book on Peter Weir, um, the Australian director, where he kind of looks at all the, the mysticism in the director's works over time um, in Witness, um, in Gallipoli, uh, one of the best Australian films ever made, um, and some of his later work. So, and Peter Weir is one of my favorite directors. Um, so I, I really appreciate that that work of art from from Father Leonard. That's so awesome! What a diversity! What a diversity that you have! Uh, so it's really that that's the that's a very cool thing about it, uh, Michael. Is that you got different ages, different places, different you know different all different walks of life, people coming from it. Uh, a religious background, a priest, a nun, um, you know, that that makes it wonderful because I think uh, you make it relevant for every reader to understand and and grow in faith as they're watching films. So that that is uh, that is impressive and uh, and awesome. It is very impressive. And I just thought I would mention this, too. I'm looking at the website and uh, the Twitter handle is all one word it's catholic film critics so if you have your phone there make sure you follow them on on twitter and on instagram let's see instagram one it, it, it's also catholic film critics all one word so be sure to follow yeah follow friend like all that all that good uh, stuff. all of that great stuff yeah we would love all that thank you <laughs> now as we're coming follow into Five minutes left, Michael. I wondered if you had any uh, other final words or, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody listening who's interested in writing and maybe even doing this. So I didn't know if you had any words of advice or for those, excuse me, for those up and coming writers and film critics. Mm. Oh, thanks for, for asking me that. I, I think um, I, I just, I can't get away from, from tying your, your personal feelings about, about a film to, uh, to the analysis, to the critical analysis of, of the film um, from a, a sort of surgical standpoint. Um, I don't think that the two can be um, separated because everybody, it, it, it's such a personal medium. It's, it's, it is subjective. There, there are objective things about it, but um, yes, a Hollywood film will look better than a student production. Like that, that might be an objective thing, but, but, but there's so much that comes from what you bring to the film. And I'll, I'll say this about something like, um, like Little Women, the one that came out just last year. Um, a lot of our writers, especially the, the Catholic film critics writers, they um, focused heavily on the, the feminism that the director, Greta Gerwig, put into it um, and, and the way that she reinterpreted the, um, the original writing of it from Louisa May Alcott. Um, and, and the way that the, she was able to go back and forth um, in the timeline of events, uh, which I thought was really a, a, a genius stroke. Um, but of course, though, uh, with my personal feelings uh, about the film, I, I was not able to, um, to separate, and, and I don't think it should be, I wasn't able to separate the, um, what I thought was... Um, a bit of, of relegation of family um, in in favor of um, of career, and and I'm not always in favor of that. Whether it's a man or a woman, I think 
the reason that we go to work every day is to support our families and to, to come back to them uh, with love. And, um, and at the end of that film, where she's, she's clutching her book, um, where she's embracing her book, right? Where in Gillian Anderson's version in the 90s, um, she ends with the final embrace of, of her, her, her husband. Um, and that that's a, 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 was a very specific thing that Greta Gerwig chose to do. Um, and I thought it was, again, a, a, a very smart move. And, it, and it, it spoke to exactly what she wanted to say. And it was brilliant because it was, it was um, visual. And film is a visual medium. Um, I just, with my personal feelings, I, I think family comes first for me. It doesn't matter whether that's for, for a man or for a woman or for anyone. Um, and I, I don't, I just didn't want to see love relegated. Um, so that's, that's just an example of, um, of how your personal feelings, something that you bring um, that can mesh with your analysis of the, the objective craft of the filmmaking. And I can still appreciate what a director does. Um, but again, my take on it's going to be a little bit different from, from someone else um, who, who may have different feelings than me. So I, I would just encourage young writers to embrace that and, and to let that come into their writing and to let their essays come alive um, and, and not, just to, not just to say their feelings, but to back them up um, with the objective analysis. And that's where it really means something. You said that so well. I remember the trailer for that movie, Little Women. I never saw the new one, uh, but I, I remember watching it and thinking the message that I was seeing, even in their little commercial, was not based on what I thought the book uh, seemed to be about. It, it did give off that message of sort of a feminism and maybe, as you said, not necessarily putting family first, but putting your career and and your quote dream ahead of that. So yeah, that you, 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 I think you evaluated that pretty well. So thanks. Thank you. It's funny. It's funny. You mentioned the, the trailer because I mentioned that in the review too. And, and I thought that the film itself was, uh, was a lot more, um, it, it was deeper than the trailer made it seem. Yeah. I don't think the trailer, honestly, at least for me, it didn't make me want to rush out and go see it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact that it had some big name actors, I think, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. time. I mean, but other than that, Sears is one of the best. Right. Mm -hmm. and, um, and and her supporting cast was incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just another uh, another reason not to watch trailers ever. I try to go in completely <laughs> blank. I want to be totally surprised. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. We have to have you back, Michael, to talk more about uh, more about this stuff because uh, it's so relevant for our time, especially relevant uh, during this pandemic as people are consuming uh, media and you know in in droves. Um, so so please, uh, everyone listening, head over to uh, the website CatholicFilmCritics.com uh, and and check out all the amazing stuff. Uh, that Michael has uh, there. He's got a great, great website. So please uh, check it out. And we and uh, and just can't thank you enough, Michael, for uh, you know for being on with us today and and sharing uh, and sharing all about your mission because it's it's quite awesome. 
Oh, thank you, Bill. It is. Thank, thank, thank you, Michael. Thank you, man, for having me. Thank you. And I, I'm, I'm always here to talk film with you whenever you want. <laughs> Sounds awesome, Michael. Uh, you're welcome to, you're coming back. In fact, I have to mention, Bill, that he's going to be on Journeys in Faith, uh, not till the fall, but I'm very excited about having Michael be a guest. Journeys in Faith is on Friday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I don't have that date right in front of me. Michael, maybe you have it right there and you remember uh, <laughs> when you're going to be on Journeys in Faith. I'm looking it up as we speak. Uh, see, if, see if I have it in my calendar. I got to get my personal assistant on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm checking to see. I want to give them a date here if I can. Um, I'm, holding up, I'm holding up our show here, aren't I? Uh, it's okay, Ian. Yeah, he's going to be on uh, November 13th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, awesome. Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network, Facebook Live. Yeah, well, definitely tune in, everybody, to that. Uh, but thank you for tuning in today to uh, Sowing Hope uh, for both Ann DeSantis. Uh, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.